We're going to go on now with these paraclete promises, you see, um, about sin, and then about justice. God is just. And so he raises his son from the dead, you see. And that's what's being said, you see, about uh, justice. Because I go to the Father, that's justice, and you will no longer see me. And then about judgment. The Holy Spirit is going to show you the true meaning of judgment. Why? Because the prince of this world has already been judged. Or, if you want to put it more strongly, the prince of this world has already been condemned. See, the worship of power is already a form of idolatry. And it's based on the illusion that power is a transcendent reality. All world government theorists are caught in this error. The world esteems power as the highest good. And it is especially true of the culture in which we live. Power. Do what I want, when I want, and have other people do what I want. Power. You see? But that's been already condemned. Satan is in hell for eternity. The Holy Spirit will show you the total illusion of that power. You see? About that notion. Uh, and what, what is condemned? It's not Jesus who's condemned. It's the world who's condemned. The Holy Spirit is meant, you see, the Holy Spirit will instruct us so that we are sure of what, what sin really is, lack of belief, you see, of what justice really is, lack of believing in God. And justice is entrusting yourself to God and be justified. And then finally, uh, what, um, uh, what condemnation or judgment really is all about. Now, I want to discuss for a moment here a marvelous passage in the uh, Brothers Karamazov of Dostoevsky. It's when uh, the Grand Inquisitor spots Jesus. He's in Seville, and he just raised a little girl who was dead, was being carried out of the church. And the, the Inquisitor knows that's Jesus. So he says to his assistant, lock that man up. So he locks him up. That night, the Inquisitor comes to him. He says, why have you come back? It has taken us 1,600 years to undo what you tried to do. You think the world wants to be free. No. Freedom is too great a burden. They want to be safe. You have this illusion of freedom. What they want to be is safe. This is the foundation for all totalitarian governments. You see? And so, I want to read this passage. Uh, this is the Grand Inquisitor talking uh, to Jesus. And Dostoevsky, this great creative genius, can feel this moving in what will turn out to be communism and all other uh, forms of authoritarian government. Uh, and so I want to read this. We have create, we have corrected your great word. I'm sorry, your great work and have based it on miracle, 
mystery and authority. And men rejoiced that they were once more led like sheep and that the terrible gift which had brought them so much suffering had at last been lifted from their heart. And what was this terrible gift? Freedom. Love. We can't love if we're not free. Jesus died and rose for our justification, for our freedom. And he's saying, it's taken us 1,600 years to undo what you tried to do. They don't want to be free. They want to be safe. We'll tell them what to do, and they'll feel safe. Well, we know the story, and we know what we're doing. We are rebelling against you, but we're doing that as martyrs to the good of the whole race. They'll have enough food. They'll have enough comfort. They'll have enough amusement. They'll have everything. All they have to do is what we tell them. And if they don't, we have ways of dealing with that. This is totalitarianism. This is Dostoevsky feeling already the movement that would result in communism. You see? Uh, you could have taken over all the power, the authority of this world when that spirit, evil spirit, showed you the kingdoms and the rulers of the world. But you rebuked him. And that power crucified you. Why did you reject that last gift? By accepting that third council of the mighty spirit, you could have founded the first world government way back then. You see? You would have accomplished all that man seeks on earth. That is to say, whom to worship, the source of miracle, the industrial military complex, whom to entrust his conscience, the possessor of mystery, and how at last to unite all in a common, harmonious, and incontestable anthill, for the need of universal unity is the third and last torment of men. The world's dream of untrammeled power, the ability to work one's will, this isn't Dostoevsky, this is me, um, and overcome all obstacles, lies at the heart of all totalitarian systems, I wrote this years ago, that we're responsible for the death of uncountable millions in our time. Few there are who cannot see the lie of Satan, the enemy of mankind, huh? uh, and to see that he has already been condemned. That's why Jesus, as he faced this, said, Now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of this world cast out. And so you see this temptation uh, that is uh, being talked about here. The paraclete comes to prove to the believer, to the church, you see, that uh, what is really justice, the resurrection is justice. I believed my father right through death. And now I am risen and glorious and the source of life for all those whom I love and who love me for all eternity. That's justice. That's honoring the truth of every relationship. You see? About judgment. Who judges whom? All the, There's more martyrs in the last hundred and some odd years than in the rest of the history of the church altogether. Why? You see? Judgment. They have been judged unworthy to live because they are an obstacle. But the real truth is that the prince of this world has already been judged. Those who have died 
as an obstacle to this drive to make the world safe, peaceful. They don't want to be free. They want to be safe. And anybody who opposes that, we kill. All right, you kill them. Where are they now? They are in an eternal grasp of God for all eternity. That's where they are now, you see? So that's the judgment. So that means the prince of this world has already been judged. It's over and will never change. And then, you see, uh, that, the justice, because I go to the Father. And then about justice. And that's where this text, you see, shows the Spirit, shows the believer what's really going on. Who is really judged? If all we have is this life, huh? then as Paul says, we are of all men the most to be pitied because we're looking for something that lasts for eternity. But we know that that's the fact. We know by the mercy of God and our obligation as the Spirit witnesses to us and makes us sure of these realities that go beyond our mind, go beyond our capacity to understand, you see, as all of this happens, you see, then we know. You see, we know what the sin is. To resist the reality and majesty of Jesus Christ. That's the sin. You see? And about uh, justice. What is the justice? That those who believe and obey and love and forgive they have an eternity of joy. And those who are trying to take over this world and dominate it, they are going to spend eternity somewhere else. That's justice, you see? Um, because I go to the Father, and when I go to the Father, I take all of those who believe in me with me for all eternity. From the beginning of the world until the end, they all come with me. That's justice, you see? And then about judgment. Who passes judgment on whom? When one of these courts gets together and condemns someone to death, who is being judged? The prince of this world and all who are in league with them. How do I know that? Because the Spirit bears witness to my spirit, and I know it. It contradicts a lot of my own feelings, my own emotions, my own thinking, but it's true, and I know that it's true. And with that guarantee, I can preach the gospel. You see? And so, about judgment, the prince of this world has already been judged. It's just a matter of time. It's over. You see? And so, that's this famous passage. The believer, the church. And then, we believing, loving, trying to please the Lord, trying to preach, you see, there uh, we can prove the world wrong. And it happens. Those in the world who accept that witness are no longer world, they're kingdom. And they join us. And it's happening every day. But can you see the weight, the power of darkness, trying to wean people away from this? We're going to have a happy, perfect, balanced you know, the government take care of everything and you just live and enjoy yourself. Don't worry about a thing until you die and we get you. 
And so you see how power this witness is? But the Spirit bears witness to us, and we bear witness to the world. You see? He wears witness, it said earlier, and then and you will bear witness. And Augustine says, he bears witness interiorly, and you bear witness exteriorly. That's why we have to preach the gospel. It has to be made known that there's more to this life than safety. There's more to this life than comfort. There's truth. There's love. There's friendship. There's knowing God, worshiping God, knowing the Father's affection, being thrilled with his love and his presence. That's what life is all about. And so, you see, the text goes on then, and I'll just conclude with this, and we'll pick up there next time. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now, after my resurrection, when you see who I really am, you see. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, that's the spirit who reveals who I am. And when you see who I am, he who sees me, sees the Father. That's why I'm the truth, and he's the spirit of truth. Because the truth is the revelation of the Father. The love, the compassion, the mercy, the righteousness of the Father. And so, he will lead you in all truth. For when he comes, you see, he will not speak on his own account. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And things that are coming... He will make known to you, not only prophecy, but you will experience even now a foretaste of heaven. And you'll know where you're going. And you know what it's going to be like. He will do this for you. That's why, you see, the church lives by the Holy Spirit. Okay, we're going to quit now.